Hi, friends. I'm Chandra Sanchez. And I'm Misha Lazera. And you're listening to Bandwives. seen you in 10 years but it's only been like six days <laughs> that's too long you got your coffee i'm glad see what happened look my car co- i i went to take a sip of this and this just came off and you know why it happened because i'm in all white yeah only yeah. day it's ever happened i knew it it's like did it spill on you no that's close nice, though life didn't get me today <laughs> you look so, so cute do you have an overall on I do. We're going to the mountains after school, after the kids get out of school, so I'm ready. I gotta be honest with you, I would live in overalls. Like, literally. You're allowed to. You know, what's hard is I have a sweater on over the overalls, so I gotta take this to go to the bathroom. I gotta take the sweater off. You gotta undress, you know, and that's kind of like, it's like an extra step. It's not a great, like, geeky outfit. No. (laughs) They're really not. Have you ever done the bodysuit under oh the overall? Oh my gosh. Under, ugh, I know. Forget I know. it. A sweater, the overalls, a bodysuit, and you're completely naked when you're going to the bathroom <laughs> in a public space. People peeking through. So that brings up a really important topic because I am having the damnedest time. So this episode will come out after we've returned from our trip. And we're going to be different people. We're totally. <laughs> we're, we'll be speaking Italian fluently it'll be a Mm -hmm. whole thing but today i'm having a hard time packing tell me more i can't decide on anything i know we have a little car i don't know how much shit to bring what i'm actually gonna wear am i gonna bring all these glorious outfits and then just wear sweatpants the whole time but what if i don't and then you know i don't have the outfits i want it's so stressful i know It boils down to a bigger issue that I have suffered with my whole life, and that is, I don't know who the fuck I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, I completely understand. I know. That's why we had to decide on our theme, because playing a lot of roles in life. So who do you want to be in Italy? It's a valid question when it comes to the wardrobe. It's true. And the fact that we're going to Paris before is throwing me off, because who I am in Paris is totally different. (laughs) You know? Then who you are at an artist residency. Yes, yeah. I know. I want to have like romantic time, right? But also look like, I don't know, maybe I, I'm the CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Uh, yeah. You know, I brought a leather trench coat. I have like some sleek <laughs> boots, but I can't wear those for my persona in the residency. I need to get my life together, Misha. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I haven't started. Well, you leave a little before me because you're going to Paris. But I'm definitely, I want to bring the carry-on. I don't want to have to check. Besides, the car says it doesn't fit a full-size suitcase. I don't believe that's true, but that is what it says. So I'm bringing the carry-on, and I just don't know how it's going to work. I don't either. I, I can't believe you're going to like live out of a carry-on. I am so shocked and proud of you. May I don't know. We'll see. I'll be traveling we'll with a suitcase on my lap, <laughs> and I will have made bad life choices. But I also thought about bringing a second smaller bag 
and leaving mm. it in Paris with Claudio. Because we're flying solution. out together out of Paris, yeah. but then he has to yeah. bring it to the airport with all of his crap. So we're going to find out how much he really loves me. We're mm-hmm. going to find out. I talk a big game, but you know, when it comes down <laughs> to carrying one more item, it can yeah. be maybe the deal breaker. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. I know. We'll see. I might end up just having to pack one and then the suitcases will have to sit in the front seat. But you're six feet tall and you will have to scrunch in that little, you'll have to lay sideways in that little fake back seat of the. I'm totally like, okay with that. Take a little nap. I'll, I'll read you a book <laughs> while you're driving. <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll uh, see. We'll, yeah. we'll have already have, we'll have answers for these questions when this airs so we can. <sighs> I have, we'll do a, we'll do a secondary part of this mini. Um, what are you juggling this week? Um, I'm grading papers and trying to decide if the adjunct professor life is a fit for me. It's I've really um, been trying to come to terms with if it's if it's a good use of my time because um, adjuncts are historically maybe taken advantage of in the um, collegiate system as far as payment and status and like career opportunities. And so I'm kind of thinking I've been struggling with whether I should continue teaching because I love teaching or uh, spend more time writing because on days where I have to grade a lot, which is start now, this is the, they're all submitting their work um, regularly. So it's about like 120 pages a week that I have to read and critique. And it gets to be like a couple days of the week. And then I teach a couple days of the week. So it begins to take away from my writing time. Yeah, I know. I know I'm not the only one struggling with like career moves and what's the best path forward. And, you know, I wasn't even going to share that, but I just thought I bet that a lot of people are like, is this the job for me? Do I stay here because it's potential or do I move on? So that's where I'm at. Do you find that when you're grading papers or you're like, you know, critiquing, do you find that it takes your creativity away or do you think that you find it inspiring? I, I enjoy finding solutions, mm-hmm. helping to seek solutions. And I, and I believe that that will probably help me in my own work, but it also, you, there's nothing that you can do as a writer, except for find time to write, you have to write. And so it's a lot of time that I could be doing those things in my own work. And I, since I did um, the, the graduate program and the MFA program, I've had quite a bit of experience doing that already for my, for, so I don't know how much more is useful. I don't know if it's continually useful to keep doing it week after week after week. Maybe it is. But at some point, I'm kind of like, I wish that I was using this time to write my own books. For sure. Especially because a lot of these students are just here, which is great. I love that they're taking creative writing classes and everyone should. And I think it's so fun. But you know, they're not planning on writing. Most of them, they're sophomores, 200 level class. So there are other majors and so I'm like, I don't know if I was helping someone who really wanted to be a writer, but I don't know, like, as far as all the feedback I'm giving them for someone who's a computer science major is, I don't know. I don't really know how useful it'll be long-term. Yeah. And maybe somebody is taking your class. They didn't anticipate loving writing so much, but you give them that, hmm. you know, you give them that push or that inspiration. But I also understand what you're saying because I find critiquing it's a different muscle for me and one that I do not exercise often. And I kind of hate, it doesn't help me. It makes me feel very stifled, but um, I'm always like blown away by people who are really good at workshopping. And I don't know, I hope to be better someday. Yeah. It is like a muscle, like anything, but I feel like if you, 
if that's the only muscle that you feel like you're flexing, I don't know how useful it is. You have to do the other under muscles. <laughs> the under muscle. The, not the a kinesiology person, yeah. but yeah, you got to be able to have time to do all the exercises. And I'm struggling with that. I mean, that sounds like the only exercise that I've been doing. I have not lifted a weight. <laughs> I have not walked on a treadmill. I need, I'm like, are we going to be runners in Italy? I don't know. I, no, oh, we're not. God. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. It's not happening. I love a walk. I, well, we're going to have to walk to our one nearby restaurant. So, and I think it'll be hilly. Yes. Yes, it will be hilly. Lunges. Yeah. And yeah. we'll just be running on fuel of life. Yeah. And eating better food. Less they say. preservative. Yep. They food. say. I've heard a lot of stories. They say yeah. people move there and feel a lot healthier. Not yeah. not that we're moving there, but um, I mean, but we could. Yeah. <laughs> Someday. <laughs> this is actually a goodbye letter to our family. Yeah. We're actually so. still there. We never came back. Season two. So anyway, I mean, that's, yeah. So it's, do you have any advice for me as far as like, you know, managing your career? How you, how you like clear that path? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> get a full-time job um no I don't my only advice that I found is that you know the world kind of favors like risk taking which is such shitty advice to give because you know many many people are not in a position to to do that or I understand that it's a very privileged thing to say and the worst part is that it does pay off often um you know when you just kind of plow through your life and you do the things you want to do and you keep doing those things even if they're failures there's something about that things just kind of line up get out of the way I guess um I saw a post this morning and it was Julia's husband oh okay okay yeah Stephen yes Stephen Christian yes uh it, it was like inspiration versus self um oh, I haven't seen it uh, I, I'm totally gonna I'm not gonna do it any justice let me find it yeah, I want to know. I'm No, but I think generally I agree with you. I really have been thinking that too, like what do I really want now? And I can give myself some time to really work for what I want. I came right out of school thinking I needed a teaching job, spent a lot of time applying, you know, and, and trying to make that happen. But really the book came out after that year of not, of like time off. So I think I might. Yeah. We'll see. I'm leaning towards taking some risks. I love that. It's time. Um, so, okay. So the post that I saw this morning that made me feel like, oh, this is something I could really take to heart. Stephen Christian, Julia's husband, and mm -hmm. he was talking about self-discipline versus motivation and how self-discipline will always beat out motivation yeah. because it shows up every day, even if you're having a bad day or things get in the way or you're feeling stressed out. Um, it was such great advice to just sit down, do the work every day, make it a habit because that will carry you through like hard times. I don't follow that advice. I'm terrible. I'm like, if I'm not motivated to do this, I'm going to start another project and then come full circle <laughs> on this one in 10 years. Um, but I really respect that. I think it's a great thing to learn, especially do it when you're young. I'm old. Yeah. There's no hope for me. My, <laughs> my hope of creating discipline is just not happening. I missed the boat. Oh gosh, no. There's Tell your 80 year old listeners. self that and she'll laugh in your face. You're a young duckling, a young spring chick. Yeah, right. When I'm 80, I'm going to be like smoking cigarettes and like, I don't know, 
the wine. Yeah, fifteen percent bitter, drinking wine, <laughs> hanging out in the sun, doing all the things. I will have zero yes. self discipline by then. Yeah, well, that's the goal. That's exactly. the goal. You do it now, so you don't have to do it later. I think that I tell my students something similar to that because I think the idea of the muse in art is misconstrued because you might have a muse or like maybe one of my muses is Virginia Woolf, but I don't like wait for a muse to come some that, you know, that ethereal inspiration that makes me want to finally work. That's not how work works. works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I tell them, I'm like, if you think the muse, you know, kill the muse or whatever, like let it go, free it to be what it is, but yeah. you need to, you have a deadline and an assignment to finish. So you're not like waiting at your computer, waiting yeah. for Virginia's ghost to come. Like, well, I'm here. It's cool. I would just love have a that, snack. Yeah. yeah. I'll do some laundry till you show up. That's, <laughs> yes. that's how I'm rolling. You know, and maybe this is terrible advice too, but I think doing a lot of things at once, if that's how your brain works, I find that to be somehow more motivating than having one thing to focus on, um, which is probably not good for your brain and or productivity. But um, I like that if I feel stuck on something, I can just move to something else. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think that human design or whatever we talked about when you said that about the manifesting generator, like learning three languages. And I'm like, yeah, that's I, I don't think we should feel guilt. I think that's embrace it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't think you should feel guilt about, you know, about really anything. Um, <laughs> about really anything. I've, guilt is not serving anybody. It's just yep. not, you know, be free. Unless you're a terrible person. Sure. Well, yeah, there are maybe moral questions yeah. out there, but yeah. we're not talking about that. We're talking You throw about garbage your... on the ground. Don't People then throw that. in garbage in front of our house, and I'm like, you should feel guilty. You're the ones. Yeah. Shame. Mm-hmm. So bad. So yeah, bad. Them. Well, one thing I think we should definitely not feel guilty about are the terrible musical choices that we're about <laughs> to throw out here. I know. Um, yeah, I think mine will like age me and I mean like mine are very specific to so specific to my age that I just categorize them according to like my life cycle so so yeah so I have a lot I don't know about you I do too and what I was thinking is let's tell our listeners kind of what (laughs) initially we were like well okay let's start the season out fresh season new us we're Mm -hmm. gonna talk about music because you know that's why some of you are here um that's what brought (laughs) us together We've we never haven't really forgot about yeah, yeah. <laughs> come full circle. We don't really talk about music super often outside of touring and accidentally having to go to shows. Um, obviously, we're both really into music. It has driven our lives, uh, and we were like, let's do you know top ten or top five favorite records, which doesn't mean anything. I have like the top ten albums of Tuesday, you know, <laughs> or like things that meant something to me when I was eight that don't necessarily translate to now or whatever. So we thought we would just come on here and just throw some albums out and talk about them, mm-hmm. things that shaped us, things that continue to. Um, some of them are embarrassing, but you know what? We don't feel guilty. We do not. No, no guilt, obviously. Maybe guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I did try to stay, I mean, not intentionally. Like, I don't know. There's so many albums that I'm like oh, this was a record. Actually, no, a lot of them are. But this was a record that like really meant so much to me, but it's also like it means something to everybody. Yeah, yeah. Like what else do you say about Nevermind? Yeah, that's true. I was going to try to be really cool and be like, um, say the cool ones. 
Yeah. But I was like, actually, I'm going to do the ones that I can go back to and yes. listen to over and over again. Yeah. Because I love yeah. Nevermind. And sometimes I do have that. I have that like playlist. But it's like, what do I, can I come back to? And that one is like, I have to be in a mood for. Yeah. So, well, who knows? We're just going to see what happens. Let's just, <laughs> let's just thrush it out. Do you want to start? Like, okay. Us, I don't know. I will because then I, because I'm going back, going back to childhood. Okay. Okay. And I will say my dad was a music major. So he only and has always only listened to classical music. So I didn't have like a lot of um, popular music growing up. Uh, so what I did love first and foremost was musicals. And that's like one thing that he would, we would do together and he would like allow us to have a, <laughs> that wasn't like a classical piece. So I loved Newsies, West Side Story, Sound of Music. I think for those three, I know every word of every song and I still love musicals. My kids do too. So, and then other than that, it was because I have four older brothers, we had the Guns and Roses. And my Michelle came out, you know, a little bit. I think it was, I don't know if it was before I was born or not, but it was right around then. And my brothers would sing that to me. It's not really my name, but it sounds like it. So, and then Purple Rain, because something cool could come out of Minnesota. And we were shocked, (laughs) but it it was really inspiring for Minnesota. And then my sister got me into the Beatles, which I was thinking of you because you did not (laughs) get into them. So that was like my childhood, I'd, I'd say. So like, where did you listen to music when you were a kid? Like, where were you consuming those? Was it in your household? Is it when you're driving? Like what? Not when we were driving until I was older. So that's later. That comes, those albums come later when I had my own car. But no, so with my dad, oh, it was just only classical to the point where I would like ask and he would be like, no, this is <laughs> Chopin's ninth or something. And I'd be like, I don't know. Okay. But he knows every piece. He recognizes it, you know, and he can name it. And I could probably not name one single classical piece from ear me neither it's really like Chopin is the only (laughs) composer that I'm like oh I can kind of hit like pull stuff out from that it's funny I don't know if we've ever talked about this but my dad was also a music major whoa yeah yeah he went to school for music he plays 16 instruments yeah same my dad plays well he was a band instructor before I was born and so he does too weird yeah but uh, my sister so when we listened to music growing up it was my sister and I shared a room and it, she had like the 16 disc CD changer. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I do. Because we had one too. So that jam. was, yeah, that's where we listened. Okay. Now you, what about Those, you? You. Well, okay. So you brought up some interesting, the Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like the oldest girl cousin, um, but I have an aunt who was like the youngest aunt who kind of like mm-hmm. almost overlapped. Um, so she's like, I don't know, 15 years older than me or something, but she introduced us to like Guns N' Roses, to Def Leppard, to Danzig, like all of these. And my first dog was named Duff after Duff. Oh. <laughs> so I got that kind of exposure from yeah. her. Yeah, she was like the badass. She would pierce my ears with a, like, yeah. you know, that kind of jam. But my parents, my mom was really like into music and she has always been. My dad was in a band. That's how they met. Yeah, what? he was the drummer. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, and she said he would sing. He would sing two songs. Oh, I love that. I love when the drummer sings. That's yeah, he popped. Yeah, in. he would do the Cars, just what I needed, which was like their song. So I'm really like we listened to the Cars all the time growing up. And actually, Atlas loves that album. Oh. She also said that there were no other songs that he should have been singing. That that was the only one that he could like really pull off. 
Yeah. But she also told me never to tell him that. So she still cares about his feelings. Sorry, Dad. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> so I'm just telling the world. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So she would go, you know, in the 70s, she would go see the Rolling Stones. She would, any, you know, any show that she could, like, go and be a part of, she would go to. But the records that kind of made it when I was a kid were Don Henley's solo record. Uh, oh, yeah. End yeah. of the Innocence. Yeah. Which, I remember um, trying to convince like my dance teacher that I should do a dance, my solo <laughs> dance at like eight years old to the end of the innocence. Thank God she said, no, no I don't that's think that's hilarious. a good, good life choice. Um, Jimmy Buffett, because I'm from Florida. Yeah. So we would always have like, you know, changes in latitude, changes in attitudes mm-hmm. or some like compilation mix, but it's such a distinct yeah. Floridian memory, <laughs> uh, like being in the pool and having those songs in the background. And it's kind of, you know, the older I get, it's like people rag on Jimmy Buffett. He's a hell of a songwriter. He's just churning them out. And um, uh, yeah, look at his empire. That's what I love. I like now as a grown up, I'm like, I can really respect like building a lifestyle, you know, yeah, like something yeah. bigger than just like whatever music you, you know, and he creates a good time, which I'm always down for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. My dad is like a piano player, obviously. So like Elton John, Billy Joel were huge in our house. Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. I remember listening like fully through as a kid and maybe like for the first time feeling like moved by something and not understanding a lot of what the songs were about, but recognizing like the sadness and I don't know, there was just something different about that record. And then we saw Elton John and Billy Joel in concert and that like changed my life. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really, really amazing. Um, James Taylor, Sweet Baby James. Oh. Another huge record for us. My mom would have it, like, in the car, you know, headed to the beach. Sometimes when I hear, like, certain songs from that album, it will transport me back to, like, a childhood car ride at six years old, and I'm covered in sand, and it's hot. You know, like, it's such a flashbulb record for me. And rumors, which yeah, oh, that's has, a good one. You know, yeah, has taken me into adulthood for sure. Like same, that's one I'll put on weekly, yep. even as an elder, an elder emo. <laughs> rumors is so good. That that is one that I can return back to, just as like the best background music. Yeah, it's like those really young kind of core memory records that are yes. significant or Astral Weeks. I mean, there's a lot of them, but. Uh, if you got the 16 disc changer, those are always in. Yes. <laughs> bring it, bring back the 16 disc changer. I guess yeah. that's just the modern day playlist, but it's not as exciting. You it's know? not. To hear the, the spin of the thing. Because <laughs> it's more like a Russian roulette, like element yeah. to it. Yeah. That 16 disc changer, I just remembered, also had um, Garth Brooks. Oh my God. What was the the big one, Friends in Low Places? And it might have actually been just the greatest hits at that time, too, like through the 80s and 90s. But yeah, I feel like at that point he had already had like huge records. Yeah. A lot of greatest hits. Yeah. That was another one in there. My parents never really listened to country. No, that was my sister. All right, that's childhood. Childhood. So now we're moving into the stage where we get our own cars, maybe. We're having some money to buy albums. So are we ready? Yeah, yeah, do it. Baby Misha, she's sitting at the wheel of her first vehicle. So I think 
a lot of people will relate to Jagged Little Pill. Yep. That's Just on my list like too. it took me from like the time that I was like jumping on the bed when I first heard it. it Might have been when it first came out. I was jumping on the bed with my friends. That's how yeah, you know. And then to like having the tape yep. in my car in my first car. That and Mariah Carey's Daydreams. I think I do know that full record, every word. That was actually my first I tape that I asked for and got for Christmas. Also, August and everything after. I feel like I'm not alone in that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I have so many. I want to backtrack. I want to backtrack to Jagged Little Pill. And I want to ask you, what is, like, the song you remember that was your, like, anthem? Well, I still listen to, now I don't even, the what's that song called? Sing it for me. I know. <laughs> the, you know, the, like, will he go down on you in a theater? Yeah, you ought to know. Yeah, you ought to know. That's definitely it. But if I, and I haven't listened to it in a while, but I feel like if I put it on, I would be like, oh, this one. Oh, and along with Jagged Little Pill is Pieces of You by Jewel. Oh. That one just came. Because they were like the same time back and forth. They were. And their energies were like exactly the oh. same and completely opposite. Yeah, but you we know? needed it. We needed yeah. it then, us gals. I honestly feel like those two records combined like taught me how to be a, like a well-rounded <laughs> woman. I can be yes. angry and sometimes I can be really pissed off. And then sometimes I can just write a poem about it, you yeah. know? And sometimes I can like lay on my wet towel in my bed and cry because you walked out the door and then I can like hate you for it. And then yes. I can process it. I remember. So when Jagged Little Pill came out, I was in, well, it was years, a few years later, but I was still rocking that record. Uh, and I was in this like really challenging high school honors program mm -hmm. and it was so hard. And I was trying to juggle like volleyball and all these things mm -hmm. and just like growing up and I just didn't want to do it anymore. And I was like burned out. And so when I was begging my parents to quit this program and telling them all the reasons I needed to have a childhood, and I was very dramatic. Um, <laughs> I would lay in my room and like stare at the ceiling fan and listen to the, that perfect song. <laughs> I mean, the height of oh, angst. I love it. Yeah. Oh, my God. I feel it oh, in my soul. You it. want me to be perfect. <laughs> we needed it, right? Yeah, it put to words. And then my last one for that time, there was a lot of music that we, you know, that R&B, um, the radio R&B that would like will put you right back. But what, the writings on the wall by Destiny's Child was another one that oh. I probably know all the words to. From like Bugaboo. 100%. You know? Like driving yeah. to with the windows down. Yeah, like that was it. Trolling the teenage hangouts. <laughs> the you know? strip is what we called scrubs. it. Yeah. 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 We had a strip, and it's funny because this isn't on my list, but I was thinking about it yesterday. We would rock. Do you remember that R&B artist TQ? What's the song? I mean, it, I, I don't even know if he had <laughs> like a, a no. breakout hit, but we like would listen to that album front to back that and the Mace solo. <laughs> solo oh, album. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, those were our strip records and TLC. Yeah, TLC. Crazy, sure. sexy, cool. I mean, forget it. Waterfalls. But we yeah. were, I mean, that was a little bit, came out a little early and then found it like a little later. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like you and I are just a couple of years apart, but it's enough. Just one, I think. But yeah, you had a cool, one. you were in Florida. Mm -hmm. with cool stuff florida is not really known for being cool. i mean where i'm from is beautiful and very cool i was i don't know i felt a little i was a little um i grew up anyway sheltered and a lot of the music i listened to was christian i'm not gonna pull those names yeah. back out of the hat hmm. but that's part of it because i was um 
sheltered and um, had there was parental expectations. You know, though, it's funny because we when you were talking about musicals earlier, I was thinking like my I was I mean, I was a dancer when I was little, little, mm-hmm. but my parents never really watched musicals. They weren't super into that. Um, but my best friend, my very first oldest friend, uh, her parents were teachers at our little religious school. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> and both of them um, were really into musicals. And so would, I would sleep over at their house and it would like turn into a totally different person. You know, we would watch <laughs> my fairly, like whatever we would, yes. we would do the Greece reenactments. Yes. We would go outside and make potions and come in and then sing about them. Like, I don't know. That's really important. I think being able to be exposed to different things because what you have in your own house yeah. sometimes is, is very one dimensional. Yeah, definitely. Got to cruise the strip. <laughs> you got to cruise the strip. You got to have your friends. You got to have your older siblings smuggling things into the house, you know, for you to listen to. Totally. Um, yeah. All right. So that was it. That's like my, um, like my high school car playlist. What your about high you? School what about yours? Car playlist. Yeah. So mine starts out a little bit, um, I don't know, like a little bit younger because mm-hmm. the first record that I ever asked for was Green Day Dookie. Oh, yeah. I really wanted it, didn't get it, and then I got it in my Easter basket from the Easter <laughs> Bunny. But, you know, my mom wouldn't buy it for me because she said it had poop on it and she felt that that was not okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. unacceptable. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that was like my big one. That was my game changer. Um Blink-182, Cheshire Cat. I remember discovering that and being like, what is this? Like, this is this is like some other stuff. This is something my parents don't listen to. This is something like something new, yes. something that can yeah. be mine. Um, yeah. And then the big record of that time, which was kind of just before high school, is Weezer Pinkerton, which yeah. we were listening to last night. Um, yeah, and I... Uh, so we had like a really amazing dance party with Mastodon a couple of years ago. We were like out with them and we listened to every single Weezer record. And I remember in that moment having this memory of being maybe 13 or 14. We were going to a church camp and this boy that I like had this huge crush on, but he was also my friend. So it was like kind of awkward. You know, you, you were like, ah, like oh, do I want to dabble in this pool? You know? <laughs> And he had the record and he was playing it on his headphones. And I remember him like kind of holding one out um, and listening to it. Romantic. Uh It was very romantic. (laughs) Nothing. He's still my friend. He's going to hear this and be like, oh, this is weird. (laughs) We did smooch one time on a a couch. You remember when Bath and Body Works had like the lip balms, like the Mm -hmm. strawberries and champagne Mm -hmm. lip balm. That's like our (laughs) claim to fame. Um, (laughs) But I digress. I remember (laughs) hearing that record and the... um, because the lyrics, I mean, are some of them are definitely like not great. Yeah. Uh, but at the time, I remember being like, "Whoa!" Like there are all these concepts in here that I just don't really understand. Ooh. Uh, a lot of a lot of like sex references. Yeah. Or, um. Yeah. I don't know. I know. I. I hope I don't get canceled when I say like those three bands. I definitely know their radio singles because radio was big at that time. But I never got into them except for that, but I, um, I like, cause it was like the alt punk, but I definitely got into like the alt rock, like, like Everclear and Audio Slave and okay. like Soul Asylum. Like That's that like Florida 90s... vibe. Oh, really? Yeah. That like, those, what? those are bands that were tremendous in Florida that Claudio yeah. sometimes will be like, what was happening down there? Like it's totally different <laughs> worlds. This is, but he's also, you know, four years older than me. 
So the yeah. music that he listened to, like 14 to 10 is such mm-hmm. a huge cultural gap. Mm-hmm. So we yeah. definitely like, we weren't aligned on some, some of those records. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's so many. To... I mean, honestly, like Newfound Glory, like, you know, yeah. Nothing Gold Can Stay. Those were, those were records that I discovered kind of like on my own in those like formative high school, early college years and just through friends, through like, you know, yeah. cool skater surfing guy friends. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> um, or like Screeching Weasel. I remember hearing that record and being like, what is this? This is great. It's so cool. It's so different. But then also being able to flip back to Alanis or, you know. Yeah. Mariah Carey or just, just being able to yeah. like make those really terrible CD burned. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and all of a sudden Cake pops on there. I definitely got into Cake for a while. Oh, yeah. 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 See? Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> Well, I hope somebody is listening to this right now and they're going to get into a record because of us and not a boy. Yeah, good. And then someday they'll be like, oh, I first listened to that record because mm-hmm. of a podcast. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. What else is that? Is that what else do we got from you? I think that's it. I think that's really yeah. like, yeah. Okay. I, I think I have more in here, but I, my phone died. So here I go. Oh, well, I got more. I mean, I got college oh, Fiona age Apple. and, oh, I love yeah, extraordinary yeah. machine is that? Extra- yeah. Oh my god, extraordinary machine. Title at the time was another one of those records. It was just like, whoa, this yeah. is like on another level, you know? Because I, a lot of the records I listened to that my mom listened to, mm-hmm. outside of like Carol King, um, they were all a lot of men. Okay. Like masculine voices, and so I think it was like kind of interesting to hear something like a Fiona Apple, where you have somebody who's like really embracing like her sexuality and her diverse moods and was mm-hmm. sultry but like had a deeper voice it was it was really one of those things that kind of stuck with me and has stuck with me I love her every yeah. album she puts out I think is just yeah vegetable cutters was was good oh, it's my. difficult listen but it's really really good yeah extraordinary machine at first yeah. was like a little difficult yeah. listen and now it's it's on repeat it's easy Mm-hmm. Well, I had college ones. I'll go real quick. I do too. See. No, I have okay. some too. All right. Yes. Okay. You're good. So I had From a Basement on a Hill. That came out posthumously, Elliot Smith, and I uh, just listened to it for like six months straight. At So Jealous by Tegan and Sarah, for yes. sure. And then um, Begin to Hope by Regina Spector is another one. Like I, I actually can't even really listen to it because I've listened to it so much that I, I had to take a step back. Oh, those are all great. I mean, I, Elliot Smith for me. Yeah. Just Miss Misery was, yeah, the song. Yeah, that one. Mm -hmm. I just love it. I still listen to Elliot Smith. I have like an Elliot Smith playlist. So that was it for college. There's a lot more because that's when I started getting introduced to, that's when I first heard Take Back Sunday and, um, all the newfound glory and they, and they they were both living where I was in in Tyler, Texas. And then all those other bands. Hold on. I'm just looking up this album because I forgot the name, uh, but it was a little bit after college, but you just reminded me of this, that like Imogen Heap record. <gasps> oh, Hide and Seek or the one before that? Uh, speak for yourself. Oh, yes. Oh, I say oh, so, so loved. So good. We saw her live in the city one year and she had like a clear piano, like an acrylic piano and inside of it were all of these different sounds she was triggering. And it was so fun. She took like, took her shoes off, just wandering around the stage. It was very on brand for imaging. Oh, yes. I saw her once and cried. And I don't 
cry very much at all. And I don't know that I've cried a lot at shows, but it was it was a lot to take in. Yeah, I yeah. love that. That's that's the part about going to sissy shows that is just so meaningful. I don't think you can replicate that experience yep. or else. Um, yeah. So co- college, okay. Are you done? Are you done? Those are the years yep, you that's it. Dance? Yep, that was that's it. it. You were like. Imogen Heap was another one for sure. Um, and like Submarines, uh, mm-hmm. Declare a New State. So it was a lot. I was listening to a lot of music then, um, but those were the main. Oh, Portishead too. Oh, yeah. Portishead. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to pare down because, you know, you have all these so many. phases. Yeah. Yeah. Rilo Kylie was in there. Yeah. I loved the first Rilo Kylie record. Yeah, uh, it's featured a lot in Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's probably how I heard of Tegan and Sarah and Ryan. No, yeah, literally the yeah. first episode like opens with portions for foxes, and I'm like, oh, yeah. duh. So okay, so for my big ones in college, Blind Melon Soup oh, wow. was yeah. like maybe number one. I like lived on that record like air, um, <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, Neutral Milk Hotel, Aeroplane oh, of the Sea, yeah. Yeah. which is still stands as like one of my favorite cool. records of all time. We actually saw them when I was pregnant with Addie, um, and it was like the only time they'd played in so long. And I was laughing because the other day my Instagram memory popped up from that show, and they wouldn't let you take photos, which I respected. But the next day I came yeah. home and drew like a stick figure sketch <laughs> jokingly, and that came up, and I was like, oh, oh that's that was funny. a great show. That's um, Jeff Mangum. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. I've saw. I've seen him, but not Neutral Milk Hotel. Okay. They, yeah. I think they just put out some new material, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Ernie, our tour manager, sent it to me the other day. Uh, Disintegration by The Cure, which obviously mm-hmm. came out previously, prior to that, but um, you discovered it. Uh huh. Yep. Yep. And there's another one that's not. I didn't have a chance to write. To, oh, Ag- Exile on Main Street. Oh, yeah. By the Rolling Stones, which was a little bit late in college, but certainly, like, when I had kind of moved out, um, and Claudio and I were, like, talking about having a house and setting up shop, we would, like, listen to that record. I don't know. I felt like an industrious adult. Yeah. Like, what would a man, you know, who's like, (laughs) what would a man who's fixing his house listen to? (laughs) That's what I'm going to listen to now. Thinking about your Jagger moves while you're, like, fixing up your house and spinning around. Yeah. For sure. Oh. And the band, music from Big Pink, okay, which is one of the more meaningful adult albums that, you know, I, that I could name. Yeah. My pregnancy, we listened to it consistently, like we listened to it when we moved upstate, uh, and Atlas was born to a song from that record because we oh, made a playlist. So fun, yeah. Yeah, so it was on in the hospital when he was born. In oh, my that's really cute, yeah. Yeah. Just that whole record is great. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not that familiar. I'm sure I know the songs or the singles, but I'm gonna. I'm gonna listen to it. There's a song, "The Weight," which I'm sure right. you've heard before. There's a ton. You, I'm sure yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, we'll play it. We're going to the mountain today. Maybe it'll be good mountain music. Yeah, it's yeah. the perfect yeah. mountain music. It's the best. Do you have adult ones, or did I just? I do. Jump? That's I it. I, ha- I jump okay. to adult. I actually have what I call new music because. I love so much of the night and a lot of what I go back to is the nineties. And so I was like, um, Keaton makes fun of me, but I actually am like, okay, there's a lot of musicians I've gotten into 
as as a grown ass woman. And here okay. are a few of them. Okay. Um, again with the Minnesota cool Lizzo, because I love you. Uh, yes. Any reference to the Minnesota Vikings? Plus that song, like we need that we need the energy from Lizzo. That one and then High Women. I've gotten really into that. I don't Randy know Carl. that. Oh yeah, it's called the self titled. She's a super group with Amanda Shires and Maren Morris. Or, is that her name? And then some someone else I can't remember. So it's four women. It's amazing. It's beautiful. It's a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll, but not really. It's mostly just country. <laughs> so I really love that. I love Maggie Rogers. Heard it in a past life. I actually kind of over listened to that to the point where I, you know, I had to step back. Same yeah. with Sylvanesso. What now? Love Sylvanesso. And I've just recently been nonstop listening to Boy Genius. I love Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah. Yep. And so I loved Better Oblivion Community Society. And then I, this is her new super group. And it just it just came out. Or like, oh, it, it's coming out in segments or something like that being released. So that's it. That's what I've been got. That's what I've managed to get into <laughs> the past few years for the most part. These are all, I'm going to check some of these out because I don't know anything. Well, I hope you, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to make any promises. We listened a lot to um, Punisher, to the Phoebe Bridgers record and Stranger uh-huh. in the Alps mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. the pandemic. So that mm-hmm. has become like instant transport back yeah. to the days of weirdness. Better but it was worse. kind of yeah. a perfect, yeah. know, perfect mm-hmm. soundtrack yeah. for that. Um, and as an adult, like Boney Vare, all the yes. Boney Vare's mm-hmm. records are, are like something I can listen to contemporary super contemporary music i don't really like know a lot i know i'm doing my best sometimes i'll put something on and be like oh okay well this is what the kids are listening to (laughs) you know i have a hard time i have a hard time doing both because it's like if i'm cooking and honestly now if i'm like cooking or something i usually go back to like ella fitzgerald or Mm. um i like to listen to like big band music or music from the 20s and just like that kind of vibe and then if I'm working, I can't listen to anything with lyrics. So it's always soundtracks. And uh, so there's not a lot of time to fill mm-hmm. with actual like music. Um, and then my brain is so exhausted by the end of the day. It's like, I'm just going to go back to what I know if there is a yeah. little blip. Mm-hmm. Uh, podcasts, I think, have replaced a lot of that like drive. Yeah. Drive sound for me. I've been religiously listening to that Italian book on book on Italian. It's like for a month. So I haven't listened to any, except for the boy genius. I uh, I relate. Yeah. yeah it's it's hard. hard. It is hard. And, and then it's like the kids. I mean, you know, because they have their choices too. So it's always kind of whatever, like whatever Addie's into at the moment or something that we can agree on, which is fewer and far between these days. <laughs> he went through all of these like great music phases and now yep. he's in like the kid music phase. And yep. it is brutal. Oh, it's like all sounds like video games. I know I we sound know. old right now, but I'm like, the music Keaton likes is sound. It is, a lot of it is video game soundtrack, which I respect. And that's great. But I, it's not what I want in the car when I'm driving. It makes me feel like I'm like in a game and I have oh my to God. <laughs> compete. It makes me so anxious. Like, yeah. Because then it, like it's, they listen to it really loud. I don't know about your kids, but Addie will like want everything. Claudio too, to be fair. Even and in I'm, the headphones, sometimes oh. I'm like. Yeah, when they don't respond when you call their name like five times. <laughs> are, can you even, are you making yourself deaf? Yeah, so I think we can just keep trying to push our jams. Someday, mm-hmm. someday they'll be there. Yeah. You know, when, yeah, when your record comes out, 
Yeah. Then that's all I'll listen to. <laughs> exactly. Maybe people can send in their recommendations. What they're digging right now. The jam. Yeah. Too. We need new music. Help and us. we want to know your, your favorite album. The history of your life in 20 albums, I guess. Yeah. That was fun. That was fun. I feel like I know myself better now. <laughs> and I know you better now. Yeah, there's something about putting people on the spot like that. Because I actually hate this question when somebody like <laughs> asks it to Claude in an interview or whatever. Oh. It just feels like such... First of all, sorry, I know we're wrapping this up. But <laughs> it feels like the pressure to come up with like what people want to hear, right? You yeah. want to talk about the profound records that are so deep and so inspired. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's like... You know, Matchbox 20, for example. Oh, yeah. That, yourself or someone <laughs> like you. That, I didn't even think about that. I didn't that's either until this Third moment. Yeah. <laughs> like, shit that really made you, you know? And it doesn't... Some of it can be cool. Some of it surely is. But, I mean, we weren't... That's not all you were exposed to. So people kind of cherry pick that stuff. Um, and then it makes it just like the you're sharing the same 50 records over and over and over throughout time. Um, so, yeah. That's my... That's my rant for the day. I've got to have one per episode at least. Yeah. Get up on that soapbox. <laughs> Tell us how it is. Yeah. Yeah. For somebody who like literally named rumors in my, like, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it's a classic. You got to like throw it back to the classics. Mm -hmm. Same with like Let It Be. The yes. I love the new remake and the new um, remastered. So good. I just listened to it the other day. It's, 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 I mean, that record is the one I will get behind. Atlas is actually relearning he's learning like the more formal piano uh, parts for let it be because we taught him like the bootleg ones from the internet years yeah. ago but <laughs> just so beautiful just so beautiful so that's so sweet all right we did it we did it we're back we're back in action uh i'm really excited for this season we have so many fun guests coming up we have so much to do so much to talk about so much to catch you up on from our trip to italy Oh, I can't wait to experience it and then catch everyone up. <laughs> yeah, in two weeks, we'll be telling you all about it. Yep. All right, take care. Ciao.